All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freedom Cast podcast. We're here with uh, Chris from Mutant Metals. Uh, Mutant Metals is a family-owned and operated manufacturer and developer of quality strength training equipment focused on innovating to fill the needs of the garage and home gym community. Uh, Chris focuses mostly on custom products and in particular is known for uh, the UDA or Ultimate Dip Attachment, uh, which has garnered some publicity as of late due to a conflict with Rogue that was resolved, but we'll we'll talk about that here in the podcast in a bit. Um, and I think Raj of Experiment covered some of those, so I don't want to repeat too much. Uh, so welcome, Chris. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Um, can you give us a little bit of a brief origin story about how Mutant Metals came to be? Um, so basically what happened was, uh, I never really intended on doing this. This wasn't like, a, this wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start a fitness equipment company. And yeah, that was, it was some big plan, but, um, basically what ended up happening is, is, uh, I guess the thing that really started it was my great uncle passed away. Um, and he was real into tinkering with stuff. He had a, a lathe um, a welder, a bandsaw, some, you know, a few other pieces. And, uh, I ended up buying that from his estate when he passed, um, and kind of started messing around with it, teaching myself machining, metalworking, um, which I already had some experience from working in a foundry. Um, but not to the extent that I do now. Um, I didn't really have any background in, you know, making fitness equipment. Um, all of my, all of my metalworking was for like foundry purposes for, you know, lifting big slugs of metal into furnaces and, um, you know, welding things to, you know, whatever, whatever needed to happen in the foundry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I, I had, uh, a couple people that I ran into that, seen that I made my own squat rack and J cups and stuff like that, that wanted me to do, um, some custom pieces for them. And it was really just kind of a side project while I was still working. Um, and that's actually what I started with was a, I did my rack. I did, uh, J cups. Um, I did like a, a, a sissy squat or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, that then I went into making a it was a rack mounted um reverse hyper for a friend of mine um that I actually just kind of randomly ran into on the internet looking for fitness equipment on Facebook um and he had me make him that reverse hyper and then the um the dip attachment the first iteration of that dip attachment which I think I have a picture of it on my Instagram. It was just, it was basically like a, um, it's similar to what it is now, but it didn't mount like a J cup. It just had like a single pin that went through that you had the clip and it wasn't real stable. And, um, there was only two settings. Um, but that kind that idea kind of came from, he had two younger kids in, in baseball at the time. And he, I, I knew he liked to get them involved with, his lifting and, you know, showing them stuff. And, but I, one of the problems was I, I couldn't really figure out what middle ground I wanted to put the handles at as far as like, so his kids could use them and he could use them. And, you know, so I, that's where the idea came from of making the adjustable 
dip attachment, you know, where we could remove the handles and knurl them. And, you know, it was, it was just a one off project. So it was like, well, we might as well do stainless handles. We might as well knurl them, you know? Um, and then obviously that kind of evolved into the, the dip attachment that you see now, but, um, mounts like a J cup has a built-in storage mode, um, which that storage mode, I've had some that came from some suggestions that I had online from a few people in the community that I talked to, uh, Joe Gray being one of them. I talked to him a lot yeah. before, um, before this was even like mutant metals or whatever. He was actually one of my first like outside customers, you know, that, um, and we made some custom stuff for him, like a bench dock and, um, a few other things. Uh, I, th I think like a wrist roller or some barbell holders, um, few other little things, but, you know, he really kind of gave me my first chance as far as like putting something out there and getting some feedback on it. And then, um, it kind of just snowballed from there. And I, I think what a lot of people didn't know, um, was that we, we weren't like some big, factory or whatever you know i'd get emails all the time about um you know what my sales you know can i talk to someone in sales can i you know, <laughs> and I like whatever it was you know but it it seemed people had the idea that we're bigger than we were but mm -hmm. you know i essentially run this out of a ground floor basement that attaches to my garage where my garage gym is at so um, and that's kind of one of the, been the big issue as far as, you know, when things go wrong, um, they tend to go really wrong because, you know, we don't have, I, well, I didn't have any backup equipment, um, you know, a couple of years ago when it started, we started at the end of 2020, um, kind of in the thick of it, as far as the pandemic went, um, and, you know, it, it was already, it was already rough at the start because, you know, I came in when it, when fitness equipment really started getting super popular as far as people buying the used stuff online. And I saw used plates go from where I could get them at 50 cents a pound anywhere to two, three, four dollars, five dollars a pound in some cases, you know, just mm -hmm. insane prices. And, uh, which is one of the reasons that I started making my own equipment also was I just couldn't afford to buy a brand new rack. Couldn't, you know, I, I bought a couple rogue bars, you know, I have an Ohio power bar, uh, deadlift bar. Um, you know, me and my buddy were competing power lifters for a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, when, when we started, um, and prices started to rise, everything was actually pretty good. You know, I was getting pretty consistent sales. Um, everything seemed to kind of be working out real good. I wasn't like so busy that I couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we're getting stuff out the door. My cousin was working with me. Um, and we started really like figuring it out as far as, you know, how to, how to get our processes down to get things out on time, to get our quality better, stuff like that. 
Yeah. And then the first big trial was um, our regular steel prices tripled literally overnight. There was, oh, a, I went from paying like, you know, 45 bucks a stick for two by two tubing to $120 literally overnight. It was just, it was, it was triple. And then stainless prices doubled. And, you know, it was kind of left with this decision. Do, do we just jack the prices up the match, which is honestly probably what we should have done. But, you know, we had, I had, um, we had like this momentum going and I didn't want to raise the price too high because it was already a premium price product. And, you know, that, that was probably a mistake. I probably should just raise the price, <laughs> took whatever sales that we got and just ran with it. Um, but I was worried that it was going to slow down a little too much, but looking back at it, I would have just raised them accordingly to what our prices were at the time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of adjusted into that. Uh, I launched like the handles and some of the smaller products that filled the gaps a little bit. Um, but it got difficult again because all this equipment that I brought in, you know, I got a backup lathe, um, my main, my main lathe that I make literally everything on, including that hammer that, you know, made you guys is on like this 1970s era closing tool room lathe that it's like a 12 by 36 lathe. Like it's not, it's not a machine that was ever meant to do like this kind of production. You know, I know they did use them for some production work, but, but not like what I'm doing with it now. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the big problems I had with that machine was these, these lays used to have this control system in it. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with how like a, um, with like a, uh, like a snowmobile drive system works, but no. a lot of them use like this pulley that moves in and out and it has a flat belt that rides. Oh, on. like a CRT system. Yeah. 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 Continuous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a variable speed. You know, it, all it's doing is changing the diameter of the pulley as it's moving in and out. So this had one of those on it hmm. um, and it worked on this hydraulic system. Well, the problem was, is there's no parts for this hydraulic system anymore. Ooh. So, you know, it would blow, it would blow out from just overuse. Um, you know, I rebuild that thing. It, it was at the point where it was breaking down twice a week, like having replaced seals. I probably wasn't using the right oil in it. Um, just, just a bunch of little stuff that really like, it, it would cause these little issues that would just get out of hand because you'd, th then it was all the plans you had for the week were scrubbed because you, the, the one machining day got all screwed up. So then it affected mm -hmm. the welding and then it affected finishing and all, you know, and, um, you know, we still, to this day, we don't do our powder coating in house. It's done by a custom bike shop. That's, um, about 20 minutes away from my house. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I drive every unit there a couple of days a week to get powder coated and bring them back. Um, we work with a machine shop that came a little later, probably I was about nine months in when we started working with this shop. And, you know, if it wasn't for them, the snapbacks wouldn't have happened because they allowed us to have some uh, CNC mill capabilities. Um, 
but other than that mill, that shop is like, it's a time capsule. I mean, they're running all manual machines. Um, the bunch of lays, bunch of manual lays, presses. I mean, just, I'll show this place one day. We'll, I'll take yeah. it there and, you know, and we'll, we'll look at it, but you know, these guys are just real like salt of the earth people that, you know, they're, they're usually working on farm equipment or oh, wow. stuff for local people. And, um, but they started doing a lot of like my threading because I couldn't do that at a fast pace. You know, their, their larger lathes were able to thread better than I could. Um, but they would do odds and ends equipment repair for me, stuff like that. But, um, real quick, not, Sorry to interrupt. Uh, why did you decide to go? Why did you continue to decide to go custom and partner with these individuals instead of kind of creating essentially an assembly line? And I'm not saying doing what some of the bigger guys were doing, but I don't know, hiring like five or ten people and starting to do more more volume. Like why why did you stick with the the purely custom stuff? Um, it was really just not having access to space and resources. I mean, okay. um, I wasn't making enough margins to hire really to hire anybody else other than what I already had with my cousin. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I was, there was a lot of months where I was basically just working to break even. Um, and that was really after those price increases to the raw material, that was really what it was. It was just breaking even and, you know, um, and up until recently, that really was the case. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I didn't want to, part of our problems is that it's almost, we expanded too quickly, mm. like for what, for what we could really handle. I didn't really know what we could really handle was the problem. I didn't have all my figures figured out as far as like run times to make, yeah make everything to cut everything to hourly you know, rates and all if you're that, gonna yeah. you know, if you're gonna do this stuff you have to you have to know your numbers as far as time how how much is involved with it you know and i think that's kind of why you didn't see a similar product right away was mm -hmm. because it doesn't really make much sense you, know, <laughs> you have these you have these stainless handles which are very expensive you know to to buy the raw material to make them you know um, the way I have to neural, I, the tool is a tool that I designed that, um, works on my original lathe that was too clapped out to be able to use for any kind of real machining, just, mm. just too sloppy. So, um, it just neurals basically all day, every day, um, with this neural tool that I made. But the downside is, is that you can't run it too fast. It just doesn't work. You know, mm. so every one of those handles takes me a half hour to neural. And if they, get, <laughs> and if they screw up, you know, it's, it's it. You got yeah. to them, cut them down into another product, whatever it is. Um, and the more equipment issues we had, the worse those kind of problems got. So mm. that's kind of, those were kind of the big issues with lead times. Um, and it was why I couldn't really expand. I couldn't buy the equipment necessary. I couldn't buy CNC machines. I couldn't hire more people. I couldn't really keep scaling it up because it, the resources just weren't there to do it. 
So the partnership with Rogue, just for people who are listening who don't have this background, so Mutant Metals got into, actually you didn't get into anything. The community basically stood up for you because Rogue developed a basically identical product to what you had been manufacturing custom in your basement. And the community came after Rogue and said, this is not fair. You're going after a little guy. It looks like a big producer is trying to stomp out custom manufacturing. And so Rogue came to you, partnered with you. If you listen to the Garage Gym Experiment podcast, Jake covers this in a lot of detail with uh, with Chris. I don't want to like, I don't want to rehash anything. But how has that relationship gone so far? Has that helped you to start to think about scaling this a little bit more and give you the resources to, to move this thing along a little bit? Um, so there's not really any increase in resources yet because, you know, it took a while to get the agreement kind of come through it. You know, this is my first deal with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it happens to be rogue, you know? So, you know, I was, I, I was definitely nervous going into that. Um, as far as just, you know, what, I didn't know what their intentions are. I didn't know, you know, what this was really about, if it was really them coming in to help me or if it was just whatever, you know, I had yeah. no idea. So, um, you know, it took a while to make sure that, you know, all the contract stuff was, was good and what we wanted to do for both of us. And, um, and then it took some time for them to kind of do their iteration on the design and which they were, they were quick on, on everything. I mean, they, yeah. they about as fast as you can move to do something like that. Nice. Um, and then, you know, they had to do their first prototypes and, you know, they have invested a lot of time and money into doing this already. Yeah. And just in that is kind of where I relaxed a little bit because it's like, you know, I don't know how much it costs for a company like that to launch a product, but I know it's way more than, than what it costs me to launch a product. Yeah. So, and they, they got so much more at stake. You know, there's, uh, it, it's just, um, so it, it took a little bit of time to get going, but you know, now there's, I think the first like 20 of them or something have shipped. Nice. So, you know, we'll probably start seeing some resources coming in from them in the next month or so. Yep. Uh, and the plan is, is to kind of shut down taking orders for a minute. Uh, okay. Not shut down production. That's the whole point is to keep production going. I have so many emails about people saying, oh, I heard you're shutting down production. You know, do I have to cancel an order? No, you don't have to cancel an order. We're, you know, we're moving as fast as we can, but we have to stop taking orders for a minute, step back, get like all, get all these systems in place that are going to help us keep track of things better, communicate mm -hmm. customs, but customers better. Yeah. Um, everything. Yeah. I'm, I have to email everybody. I either have to email everybody by blast through our website client. We use Squarespace. Yeah. Uh, so if they're not signed up for emails, I can't get to them. I have to send individual communications. You know, it's just, it's super inefficient because I'm putting in all these hours on production. You know, um, my, my wife is, she's disabled, you know, she's legally disabled. A lot of, a lot of foot issues, a lot of leg issues mm. um, that kind of started in the military and progressively got worse and had to get more and more procedures. And right now she's not driving. So 
have two kids and everything that's going on. She can't drive. It's just, Oh, wow. The last few months have been insane. Yeah. You know? I bet. And customers are getting frustrated, but I, I get it. Yeah. You know? I'm, I wouldn't be too happy if something was, you know, <laughs> as far out as we are on some of these orders, but, um, and I don't mean to make excuses, but there it's, it's not like we're just not putting the effort in. It's just that no. it, you got it, a lot on your plate. It's just been, you know, it's, it's been tough these last few months, but, um, but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna step back, get the systems in place. Um, and then hopefully the idea is to build some kind of real shop, um, on the piece of property that I'd like to build my house on in the next couple of years or so. Very cool. Cause I have to get my wife out of this house. We're in an old craftsman style house. That's, you know, bunch of stairs and she just can't handle it. So we got to build some kind of ranch or split level or something somewhere and get yeah. her out of here to have her a little, little bit easier time. But Very nice. the plan is to build a small shop and then actually step away from manufacturing a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. we'll always have a manufacturing component um, because the idea is, is that I still want to be able to understand what these manufacturers are looking for. You know, I learned a lot through this first rogue interaction with, you know, what they're looking for as far as a product that's efficient to make, that has the correct margins, that works in their system. And every company has a different threshold for those things as far as what they're willing to do. And, but um, the idea is to kind of switch our main, our main customer over from the individual's and switch it over to current manufacturers that are either oh. fitness equipment or or are just you know fabrication companies or whatever that are looking to get into this space but lean more into the development and yeah. the beta testing and stuff like that but you know what how it's probably going to look is um i have a I have a ton of product ideas that I've been working on here and there when I have time, which is basically none lately, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a few really cool ideas I'd like to get out there. And the only way I'm going to be able to get them out and get them accessible to the community as a whole is to have somebody else that's better at doing the manufacturing, the machining that has the proper equipment to get them to help us get that stuff out. Um, and then, uh, and I've, I've talked to a few people about this and it's, it's, there is one concern that a lot of people come up with is like, well, we like what you make. We like how you make it. You know? Yeah. And, you know, we're still going to be making our products, you know, the snapbacks and dip attachment and that we're going to evolve those. And, um, but the whole purpose of this is so we can still maintain that level of like trying to push the envelope on quality yeah. on what the options are, because, you know, we might do a, a run of a product where we do say we make 50 of them or whatever mm -hmm. we might do one or we might do two or three runs of that product and then just not make them anymore or just a limited edition raise, yeah. raise price up or whatever it is to kind of slow the volume down on that. That'd be um, great. 
because we're just just not suited and we're not going to be suited anytime soon for large scale manufacturing you know it's, yeah it's just not in the cards right now if well and you can make it exclusive i mean if mutant metals becomes this ex- if you become like an exclusive brand where you've got limited runs of equipment that's really neat because then people have got i don't know 10 or 20 of uh that are out there of this one piece that's never going to be manufactured again. Mm-hmm. You just move on to the next iteration of whatever it is. That yeah. would be super interesting. A couple of, Oh, good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask a couple of questions about, so did you see uh, two questions? Did you see a, a, an increase in, in um, requests, orders or revenue as a result of the rogue um, <laughs> uh, uh, uh discussion going on or was it more just outrage and then what would you have done i'm just curious if rogue had just said they copied you and just said screw you we're moving on so that's i mean that was really i i never expected them to reach out or anything i i really didn't think they were going to but you know outside of like an email of hey you know sorry or whatever but yeah um but no, they they pretty much contacted me the next day, and you know we set everything up, set up a meeting. I drove down there. I'm about three hours away from Columbus, so nice. drove down to Rogue. Um, you know we we met with uh, Bill and Amic, and they kind of you know they spent a good half of their day with us. Which I mean, obviously they they wanted to they wanted to make sure that I knew that it wasn't like they get they didn't want to be seen as that that big guy right small guy yeah they're there's they're just kind of evolving a product the way that every other manufacturer evolves a product yeah and i i think i think the looks of how they presented it i think that's where a lot of the issues were were that front-facing look of the three options yeah three handle options and you know because when you see them side by side they're They're like identical they 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 are they they look very similar straight on and then but when they're in front of each other the rogue version is much larger and it's much heavier and i i would think that if you're if you're going to be someone that has a dedicated spot to put this thing you know and i think they ship with a wall strip if i'm not mistaken okay kind of for that purpose you know because you probably wouldn't want to move this thing around a lot but it's you know it's real solid. They have that that cool feature with the changing of the angle of the angles with the handles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is significantly larger. So if you're in a small space, it's probably going to be a little tougher to use. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the things that gets missed about the UDA is that the handles. A lot of the value from that piece comes from the handles being able to be removed. And you can use them in your squat rack or your jammer arms or whatever yeah. for handholds for, you know, I've seen people use them for all kinds of stuff for pull-ups for, you know, cause those bars are long enough that if you have a 43 inch rack, they basically almost span the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you can set up a pull-up bar or jammer arm handles. Um, and that's where the handles came from where people were like, we like these on jammer arms, but we'd like a shorter version for, you know, easier use or whatever. And so just started making a shorter version. Um, but, you know, back to your, back to your question, I never, 
I never expected them to do this. So it was already, and I didn't really have a lot of time to think about what I would do because they, you know, yeah. like they got back to me the day after, but it was really just, okay, well, if they release this product and the dip attachment sales tank, um, then it's just what's, what's next. And what do you make? Yeah. You make something else. It's going to be another product or, you know, options or whatever. It was probably going to be another product. I have one that's real close to being complete that I've been messing with. And, nice. uh, but, um, yeah, that, that was really just going to be the next move was moving on to another product and, you know, getting what we could out of that one and taking it is for what it was and, you know, whatever, but, um, but what has happened is that you would, you would think there'd be a big increase in sales by just having their name associated with you yeah, and people that search rogue run into the mutant metals brand. And, and that does happen. Mm -hmm. But What has happened since they started making the dip attachment, which isn't necessarily a bad thing is that we're not selling any dip attachments. Like I went oh, from wow. selling 10 of these, you know, I, I might sell, uh, we sold like upwards of a hundred of them a month at one time. Wow. A lot for us. Um, to like, I sell like one a week now. So, um, because everybody's buying the cheaper version that has, that's, it has that integrated gusset. It's stiffer, it, you know, it's, it functions the same, you know, we still get the people that want the different colors and that, but there's also people holding out for when rogue releases the colors. Mm. So, you know, this gap between when those resources are coming in from rogue and then when it all started, when they released the product has been kind of tough because we're, you know, our cash flow is just so low right now. Yeah. So that's, that's the battle we're fighting right now is just, trying to you know keep payroll going and um you know keeping the machines going and, and we're doing it but you know it's it's been easier to do that yeah but well and you've got to cut you've got to come up with new products to keep the the brand mutant metals going while rogue continues to produce yeah. the the new thing for you and, i would say really the way that the way that my life's going right now i don't see me being able to really put the manufacturing thing to really put it into high gear because yeah i just i don't have the bandwidth for it it to to get it to get it going to that point would take not just money resources but so much of my personal time that mm -hmm. it's just not possible right now you know if this yeah. was 10 years ago maybe but it you know i i had my daughter real young um yeah, I was 16 when my girlfriend got pregnant. Yeah. So, and I'm still with her. Um, and you know, we have a, a toddler that, um, he was born with club foot. So we had to deal with that driving down to Pittsburgh and mm. is getting his feet wrapped and casted. And, um, so it's, it's always been just a lot of small stuff being injected into it. That's made it difficult to really do any kind of big manufacturing, but you know, I have this, I have this product idea book that I have, I think 
I think I'm up to like 307 concepts now that are just nice. And I'd say maybe 5% of those have like no analog as far as, um, you know, I, and I discussed this a little bit on uh, Garage Gym Radio too with Jake, but um, there's some of the products that don't really have anything else that, you know, it's not like another company is making a version of it. You know? Yeah. So um, I'd like to be able to focus on those cool products that are more intricate and maybe they don't have, maybe we can't get them to the point where they have enough margin to make sense, but somebody like rogue can. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to end up designing is going to be for now, at least with rogue in mind to, you know, what would make sense in their platform. Mm -hmm. um, and try to leverage that a little bit so I could get into the cooler, more intricate, like, you know, stuff that maybe, maybe Rogue doesn't want to do it, but maybe another company come in and help us with it or manufacture yeah. whatever. But, you know, we, for, at least for now, we're going to, you know, Rogue, Rogue's helping us out. So we'd like to, like to reciprocate and keep a good relationship going with them. So, and that's, that's another reason why I told everybody, you know, to buy the rogue version, not just, it does the rogue version actually makes a higher margin, even with their cut than my product does when we make it. Nice. So we do want people to buy the rogue version. You know, there's nothing wrong with buying the rogue version. Okay. I wonder uh, two things. I'll let you go. Um, have you talked with Dean over a Black Widow training gear? Um, I don't think so. If I have, I it, wasn't, it wasn't any kind of uh, long conversation, but I don't think so, no. Okay. I wonder, he was at Home Gym Con this year, and I wonder if he would be a good partner. He's pretty slammed as well, similar to what you are, but I think he's got a little bit bigger of a facility. Mm -hmm. He might be somebody you could consider partnering with. I don't know. I, I may be speaking out of turn. He may be too busy. Um, but he's got his own kind of custom fab shop. And, uh, he does stuff very similar to what you're doing, just kind of for fun, just making mm -hmm. stuff. Absolutely stuff. It all it all looks pretty pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, just if you, I don't know, if you had concepts, I wonder. He, he people in the community love him and love you because like they're both really good products. So I feel like that would be from a quality perspective, you wouldn't be necessarily losing anything. Um, Chris, where can uh, people find you and uh, where do you want people to go to for mutant metals? Uh, where, where can they, where can they locate you? Um, you could look us up on Instagram. That's where I'm going to be the most active at, which I'm not very active right now on anything because I just don't have time to be, yeah. uh, but I do try to give some updates on Instagram. That seems to be the most efficient way of like kind of blasting everybody with what's going on. Um, and that you could just search mutant metals and we'll, you'll see our logo pop up, but, um, our website's mutantmetals.com. You, for now, we could still, you could still order whatever you want off the website. I'll expand the platform out a little bit to, you know, probably TikTok and Twitter and all that stuff at some point when I got the time to do it. But, um, but the goal is, is to be involved in those platforms, to be able to go to things like home gym con, to be able to do a yeah. lot of posting and show everybody what's going on. And yeah, the only way I'm going to be able to do that stuff to really like bring people on the inside of what's, what's happening and product development and what's new and where we're going is to, 
unload some of this other stuff. So people love the behind the scenes stuff. That's yeah. that would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the goal right now. So like it. Awesome. Chris, you've been great. Thank you so much. Uh appreciate catching up. I know you're absolutely slammed. So best of luck and 